Hey everyone, Athena Dean Holtz here and welcome to the All Things Podcast, where we gather once a week to learn and share stories about how God works all things together, writing a story of good because He is faithful and good. Every Wednesday, I'll chat with a friend whom I know and respect, one of our Redemption Press authors, who will not only share a personal Romans 8:28 story, but also help to give you tips and tools for your life journey. Two episodes a month, we'll have an additional interview with a well-known author, and the other two episodes will include a time for Insider Insights, where I'll share writing and publishing questions from our listeners. However, once in a while, I'll offer bonus content, a special interview that's out of the norm for the format of our show, and today is one of those days. So let's get started. All right, we are here for another special segment with bonus content <laughs> on the racial injustice issue that I've been coming to you with, interviewing a lot of my um, sisters who have been friends for a long time and just getting this conversation going uh, to really challenge the church, uh, probably more than anything else. But I want to introduce Renee Rochester, Dr. Renee Rochester. First of all, thank you for being with me on the All Things Podcast, Renee. It's a privilege. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Amen. And let me give a proper introduction before I give her the floor. Uh, Dr. Renee Rochester was a dual athlete competing in track and basketball when she surrendered her life to the Lordship of Jesus. She began her teaching career in 1984 and after eight years returned to graduate school and earned her Master of Education degree in 1993 and in 1999, Renee became the first African-American to earn a Doctor of Education degree with a concentration in health. And the area she specialized in was adolescent risk behavior from the University of Texas at Austin. Yeah. Woo! Known for her wit, joy, and knowledge of scripture, she weaves the truth of the word through everything she does. Dr. Renee has a passion for education and is the founder and CEO of Fat Star M. And that when I say fat, it's P-H-A-T, not F-A-T. <laughs> fat Star M Learning. LLC, an educational service organization whose focus is teaching to the heart of the brain. Dr. Rochester believes that every human is created with potential to learn. Her, her educational interventions are grounded in the belief that the brain is God's divine design. Dr. Rochester has served on the board of trustees for FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and is currently a board member for Athletes in Action and Kids Across America. She is the Dean of Student Academic Support at Brentwood Academy in Tennessee, where she also teaches in the science department. Woo! Woman, <laughs> you're right. amazing. Oh, I'm just trying to do what I got to do till I go to be with him the first time. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So tell us how racial injustice has impacted your life, because I know you have had your share of struggles. 
Well, I think really uh, for me, it has been a, a lifetime journey, not realizing what God had in store for me. Um, I was born in a family where my mother was twice widowed. And I guess it, a lot of it started really um, at infancy where my father was uh, a concert pianist, a graduate of New England Conservatory of Music. And at Northeastern, he could not be a full professor because he was an African-American man. And so he had to take up other jobs, you know, playing at Cape Cod Manor, you know, and doing other things to support his wife and two children. Now, my mom and dad lived Jim Crowism. They grew up, my mother grew up in the South and uh, my father in Philly. And so he died suddenly at the age of 26. I was nine months old. And my mother was encouraged at that time to move to the projects. So we were in the inner city of Boston, Jamaica Plain projects, and it was a different world. The only white people I knew at that time were the, was Perry Mason who came on TV showing my age. I'm just saying, but anyway, <laughs> Perry Mason who came on TV and uh, we went to JFK elementary school and then my mother remarried when I was five and my stepfather was a machine operator, big, big, uh, big man. And we moved into our first home, our first house in uh, Mass uh, Brockton, which is about 30 miles down the road. But when we got there, it was like, guess who's coming to the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Because we're the first, uh, and at that time, I was telling somebody this the other day, I've lived long enough to be called, my birth certificate said colored, and then we were called Negro, and then we were called the N-word at times that we don't use, and then we were called Black, and then Afro-American, and then African-American, and now my Black life really matters. But it, uh, it's been a journey. Uh, so in that neighborhood, uh, Karen and I, my older sister and I, were the first two uh, children of color in the school. Wow. And it was a challenge. She was walking Tootsie I was walking Tootsie Jr., and Karen handled things different than me. She would just, you know, take her little jump rope and swing it. And then I would just like, let's go. And so uh, <laughs> my mother went to school as much as I did when I was little. And then basically told me, you know, I can't go to school and work and sleep, get my sleep and be at school. So, you know, I had to promise her I wasn't going to fight again, but I couldn't promise her that I wasn't going to deal with all the things I dealt with. So, um, but early on, I, I guess God was preparing me to know that I would be in a place to live my life as a bridge builder. I didn't understand it then, didn't really know that, why we moved into that neighborhood and why it took a fifth grade teacher who saw academic potential in me and uh, challenged. And at that time we had what's called tracking. So they had basic standard honors in advance. And anybody that was this shade of brown in the Brockton, Boston area, we will put in the basic track. That was the lowest of the low. And what was happening, my mind was moving quicker than what they were giving me to do. And then if people were gonna call me out my name, you know, I had time to fight and still get my work done. So um, <laughs> it just wasn't a good, a good thing, but she actually, she went home to be with the Lord this Christmas, and we've been friends ever since then. An Irish Catholic white woman. Wow. Sweden. She used to say, Mary, you know, she used to go, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, Renee, you can't fight anymore. We need you to be calm. You know, she was really good, though. She's a good teacher. <laughs> but she really 
push me and she and my mother got together, long story short, went to the school board and fought to get me moved up. Now they wouldn't put me in advance, but they did put me in honors. And in the honors classes, again, it was a challenge because I was the only, you know, this shade of brown child in the class. And it was a, it was a challenge, you know, because the name calling just was what it was. But mm. my mother said, you'll learn how to handle the names, but you will not be somebody's public punching bag, you know. And so the principal, when we first went to get me moved up, he had said these words and it impacted me later when I got into grad school because the brain is... Uh, awesome in some regards, but in other ways, it can be really uh, crazy if you don't know how to renew your mind as mm -hmm. a believer. And he said, now, Sue, you know, colored children don't learn like our kids learn. And I remember him saying that to her, and that's why she took my mother and they went to the school board to get me moved up. So those words lingered on in my head when they came up a little bit later in my life. And uh, so through that fifth grade year, got to sixth grade, they promoted <laughs> Miss Egan with me. They said, well, I'm, we're gonna keep you two together. So she got promoted with me. Um, and that year I competed in what was called the field day. It was a citywide competition for the elementary school and won everything. So then people started seeing that I had athletic ability. Mm. And so middle school, there was a coach who took me to a track meet in Boston, and then it began. And so the focus shifted from thinking about academics to, boy, she can run, she can play basketball, she can do all these things. And that's what kind of carried me through high school, uh, for the most part. Went on to the University of Texas, and there it was like breaking the color line. If mm -hmm. I posted this picture, you would see... It was Retha Swindell and I, we were the only two African-Americans on the team. And it was, it was, it was different. Um, and that journey, like I said, persisted, even at Texas, you had to, you know, I went from Boston to Austin. That was a whole new climate of learning, you know, and now I live in Tennessee and I'm realizing that I'm in a state where the whoa is not over for some people. And, uh, yeah. It's very challenging, but if I did not know uh, who God is and who he created me to be, the journey would still be difficult. I've been at the school that I'm at now for uh, 13 years, and I've worked with ministry organizations over the year that were not used to having anybody of color in a leadership position, and I didn't understand where the evangelical church world, what their mindsets were. I remember going to conferences and, you know, well, our forefathers were, you know, and, you know, and everything was about our forefathers, but these same forefathers had slaves and I didn't get it. It didn't make sense to me. And right. I would ask questions. So I'd be like the, you know, judge, judge. And I'd ask questions because it didn't make sense. And, uh, but then I began to study for myself and better understand that, you know, man is fallen, finite and fallible but God is infinite. And I, I, I really believe that the exclamation point in his creation was the fact that there is diversity. You know, we might've grown up in different gardens, but we're called together to be a bouquet. And I think we have to understand that every internal part of man, that's why I look at the brain. The brain is the brain is the brain. The heart is the heart is the heart. Right. And it's interesting that both of them have, you know, there's four chambers to the heart and there are four lobes to the brain and four is the number of the earth. 
you know, mm. the four corners of the earth. God called his people. And, and I know that the, the exterior of which he, he made me, and you look all through the world, culture is a big thing. Ethnicity is a big thing. Jesus of Nazareth, you know, it, it, the Samaritan woman, he, he didn't make, he didn't shove it aside and say, oh, we're colorblind. We're all the same. He didn't do that. God no. didn't do that. And I think we have to grow and understand who God's called us to be. But to this day, like I said, I, I just became a month ago the Dean of Student Academic Support. When I got to the school, I was the only one that had a doctorate degree in education. I've been there 13 years. And um, I remember the first um, meeting I had after, I, I met the director of the school and this, this, is, this is what was real to me. I'll never forget when my friend was going to introduce me to him. We're at Bandit Children's Hospital because her, her son was having open heart surgery and we're talking and she goes, you need to meet Kurt Masters. I wasn't going to say his name, sorry. <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, and I said, and he would be? And, and she said, he's the headmaster. And that's what they called him, the headmaster. I'm like, oh, the headmaster. I mean, I was like, and we laughed about it, but it made sense to me. But even the dialogue and the terms and the names that we use in wow. different parts of the country can be offensive. Yeah. And so, I, and, and it, we laughed about it. And then we, he and I talked really about the things of the Lord. We really did after that point. He didn't even know I taught. And then he asked, he had one position left and it was in the area of uh, anatomy and physiology. And he said, you know anything about anatomy and physiology? I went, er? you know, cause I was a kinesiologist you know, major under, undergrad and then health sciences in grad school. I said, actually, I do. He's I one position left, you know. And so I knew it was a Lloyd because I was writing at the time for Zondervan, a book, and I was trying to find my way when I moved to Tennessee. I end up there. So after that very first year of teaching, I'll never forget this. And I reminded him of this this year, actually. And um, he came into the dining hall and he said, uh, Renee, he goes, what do you think we need to do to make you know, our school, a better school. And I looked at him, I said, well, you need more diversity in your leadership, sir. And he leaned over at the table and he went, I will not be forced to be diverse. And I went, all righty then, at least I know who I'm working for, you know? And so the journey, you stay in a place because you know God's called you there, but there are days you're like, now father, you know, if this don't change, somebody gonna get the laying on of hands or fivefold ministry. I, I helped. <laughs> it was just, it was hard. Yeah. And and I just stayed focused because I knew I was there for the young people and for what God had given me to do. I'd seen guys. Some of my former students are in the NFL now, and some of them like sons and you know, and just doing God is allow. God just said, you just go where I tell you to go, do what I tell you to do, and I'll make a way. But it was hard. I didn't want to stay. And so this year, literally a month ago, you know, with all that's gone on in our nation, mm -hmm. I thought, isn't this interesting that it would happen at such a time as this? And they kept saying, well, we've been talking about this for about a year and a half. And two other colleagues had been saying, we've been trying to get you on this team for two years, you know, because they went to a diversity symposium with myself. It was like Renee and the three white guys, you know, we go to this diversity symposium and we come back and the two that one is the dean of uh, academics and the other one and and I had, when I got my title of director of student academic support four years ago I said why can't we have a dean of academics we don't have that oh we don't do that here at Brentwood Academy and then later 
somebody's announced as the dean of academics. And I thought, I thought you didn't do that that here. So it's things like that. It's the little microaggressions that you have to deal with. And if you don't know who God is and you don't know how to help them help steer different, it would be a lonely, oppressive place. But uh, I think the most disappointing is the fact that when you're even amongst believers and they don't see according to the text that that's that concerns me so my heart has been is to stay true to the god of the word and the word of god and to trust the holy spirit's leading in these places where he has me to hopefully be a catalyst for change because there needs to be some change in some areas so that's kind of my journey to current day but Every day I wake up and go out because of where I live and the environment that I'm in, I'm reminded often. I mean, the other day on a phone call about, you know, just dental work, and I was insulted by some of the things the guy, and I thought, no, I know I'm not going to use y'all. Well, is your credit good? I said, really? (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) Hold on, wait a minute. But there are times you just have to know that you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that my mother is still living. Because I asked her, I said, how did you work through stuff like this? You know, and I'm not even talking about the church. I'm just talking in life, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, we took a group of kids down in downtown Nashville to the Woolworths that actually were where a lot of the sit-ins happened. And Diane Nash really was used, you know, of, I believe, of the Lord to speak to the mayor's heart to see some change. But how did how did they have the fortitude you know and i really believe it's because the civil rights movement began in prayer mm-hmm. and it began with people being persistent and they trained their people how to protest and you know my mother said there were days i wanted to fight back but i had two children that i had to feed you right. know and so there are things you have to do i i, I mean i'll never forget when hidden figures came out took a whole little bible study went you know we have, a, it's about eight women, African-American, all professional women. And then my, Anita D'Amico, the one that wrote Culturally Wired Brain with me. She's, uh-huh. the, she's the lone, lighter shade of brown sister in the Bible study. But uh, <laughs> it's just, uh, but she is my ride or die. One day we'll write our story because we've been friends for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And, and to journey alongside her, I mean, God used so many different women throughout my life you know, to help me see my mother being one and Nita being another because she kind of pulls me back in when I get so irritated and aggravated and I'm white people, oh, crackers. And so, Renee, slow your roll. What am I? I'm like, okay, hold up, wait a minute. <laughs> and have to be reminded, what did he say? And so the challenge is to keep coming back to the fact that we are born again of the spirit of God and uh, it's a challenge. It's not easy. I'm just going to say it's not easy, but you just have to know that you know, you know, and, uh, and, and be around others. Unfortunately, some of the elders in our church get it. I'm in a uh, diverse church body that really believes that uh, diversity is a part of our mission. Right. But even our church struggles, you know, from time to time with the leadership, what it looks like and, and, you know, being, I think being a woman and being an African-American woman, you know, I, I, I see things sometimes on both sides of the picture there. 
that is challenging. And so. And a strong and a strong and articulate and outspoken black female. <laughs> yeah, no, it usually gets me in trouble. Help. No, but I, I, I can't sit back on what I know to be true. You know, Jeremiah said, the word of God is like fire shut up in my bones. And when I feel like something's off kilt, I just can't go down that road. I, like the other day, I, I had never seen this before, Athena. And because it's been so on my heart, I've been doing a nightly post, you know, on Facebook for since COVID started. And then mm -hmm. especially during what's happened since, you know, George Floyd, that whole thing. I said, God, what do you want? And one night I posted something and that thing went crazy viral. It got 7,000 views. And I said one thing that meant a lot to, to me because that uh, I told you about Diane Nash in Nashville. And we took a group of students down there and we did a civil rights tour with some of our students. And that's what I want to do is educate this next generation so we don't miss it. They don't miss it. You know, how do we look at this thing from the right lens of the kingdom? If we're Christians, if this is who we say we are, right. we have a filter and not not raised on you know like your culture matters it does don't get me wrong but when culture trumps kingdom then mm. we have a problem yep that's when we have a problem and when we politicize things and then stamp christian on top of it i said he's neither greek nor jew democrat nor republican nor independent he is god all by himself and i think what happens sometimes well if you're a christian you're gonna vote this way you know i'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. slow your roll and, and that's, a, that's a challenge in, in this area. But one of the things that was so real to me, and I have to keep reminding myself of the fact that, you know, those people prayed and, and fought their way through difficulty and were willing to speak up and sit on stools where people would dip ashes on their head and spit on them. And I mean, we took our kids to see the films and go into the Woolworths is now a restaurant. And, it, and it's sobering when you look at the pictures. And my mother said, yeah, and then they'd sick their dogs on you. That was real, that stuff really happened. And uh, I, I started thinking, so how did they have that fortitude? You know, which is that David, he mused upon the word until it was hot within him, and then he spoke with his mouth. Mm. And what I'm seeing, I see a generation that's, that's young and zealous. You look at those who've been protesting the injustices that have gone on for a long time. Majority of them are under the age of 40. Right. I mean, they're, they're zealous. They're, they're going forth. But zeal without wisdom can become a revolutionary disaster. Yeah. But wisdom without zeal can become a tragic end to a life. And I think the young and old need to do this thing together. I think we need to cry out to God. We need to come back to the truth. And for me, like I said, I never saw John chapter three like I did the other day because it has been on my heart because this thing has grieved me when I watch and I listen to people. Mm. And I'm like, really? And you still say that you're colorblind. You still say that. You really, really believe that. And, uh, and, and I just have to muse upon it. And I, and I thought about, we stopped teaching some fundamental truths, you know, like Jesus talked about the experience of knowing the Father as a born again experience. He came proclaiming another kingdom. And we stopped teaching that piece. He said, repent, 
Change your way of thinking for the kingdom of God is at hand, not the kingdom of the African-American or black culture, not the kingdom of the Republican white evangelical culture, not the kingdom of the independent. It's the kingdom of God. Mm. He said, change your way of thinking. And if we don't think according to what is he saying, what is he telling us? But because your emotions, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a neuroscience. That's, that's just my, I'm a junkie when it comes to learning about the brain. And because uh, it fascinates me, but you can be trapped in the emotional aspect of your brain because of past pain, past emotions, words you've heard. Words carry so much weight that mm. there are two regions of your brain that carry understanding words and then how you speak words. But they filter through what we call first side. That's where you get your mother tongue. And that's what you've been raised up to hear and to believe. Mm. There was a group in um, Branson, Missouri, of all places. They were changing the name of this store, Dixie something, something. They were changing the name of Dixie to American. And the people were, were zealous and mad. And it was the KKK rally. And they all had their flags. And I, this woman, this went viral. She said to a couple of the staff that worked down there in Branson for Keith Crowd, she said, I'll teach my grandchildren to hate you people. And, and I believe mindsets are generational. Right. You know, and, and when you teach somebody and they're raised up to see what you see and to hear what you hear and to say what you say, unless there's divine intervention, that will become your mindset, which we know scripturally is a stronghold. Right, right. And so the church, we got something to do. We got to pray get in the word and we have to challenge each other. It says, encourage one another day after day, as long as it's called today, lest any of you be enticed by the deceitfulness of sin. I, I, I have to give credit where credit is due. Athena, when I came to you and I, I, I think I woke up, it was like the middle of the night and you were on later, uh, you know, your time zone was different and I just called you. I remember you picked up the phone. We just started talking I said, you know, and I've been different places and they were not publishing people that look like me, especially in the youth ministry world. They just weren't doing it. Right. And um, like even that Zondervan book, no, they had never published anybody of color, mm. you know, at that time. And I, and I didn't understand, you know, this is a Christian, we're Christians, you know, I said, what are we doing? So there's so many things, but that John 3, we quote 316 all the time, for God so loved the world. And I said, I look back, I said, do you know who he was talking to? He was talking to a Pharisaical Jewish man who did not believe that Samaritans were anything but heathens. You know, the Roman government that was oppressing them was anything but heathen. But God's telling him, and he said it twice, 15 and 16. Yep, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world. Them that you don't like, them that you don't like, I died for everybody. And see, he wasn't used to that because he knew that the Jews were God's chosen people. But see, God was, Jesus was flipping the script on people. I said, it's all in here. He flips the script, but I think we have our, I think we cherry pick scriptures and then we throw the cherries at people we don't like, you know? It's like, oh, man. Hey, oh, hey, that's, that's good. That but, is, you know? I mean, it's good, but it's bad. I mean, it's right, bad. Right, right, right. That. But that's true. That is truth. And it's simple. It is simple. And I, I just, uh, I'm tickled that you would ask me to come on. Uh, people say, well, you know, I teach high school. I teach every day. And uh, 
but I, you know, I, I get to do some other wonderful things. I serve on boards, but I stay in the high school classroom for one reason. It keeps my pulse on this generation. And I don't want us to make the same mistake that the generations before us have made. Like even in the scripture, it says the sons of Ephraim, though they were armed, yet in the day of battle, they turned back. Mm. And then you'll turn back from a fight either because you don't know how to fight or you're fearful. And then he goes on and he talks about how the generation before them didn't set their heart to mm. obey God. Yep. If we're not going to walk as brothers and sisters, according to what the book says, and to be kind one unto another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other for just as Christ has forgiven us, we need to forgive one another. And that's not an easy task when you feel like you put out your hand and it gets slapped or you try to step up. And I had someone do this to me in a meeting. It was crazy. Uh, it's not your place. And they put their hand on my shoulder. You know, like gal, it's not, you know, a girl, everything in me wanted to go, you know, <laughs> but, but I'm just telling you, people still do things where they, because they believe without even realizing they believe what they believe that, that one people group is better than another. That's right. That's right. But doesn't the book tell us that they, that, you know, let us make man in our own image and the image of God created he, him male and female created he them and then he said let them have dominion over the earth not one another he never told any human species to have dominion over another human species that wasn't the book but right. we get caught up when we manipulate one another you know and I, I it, it breaks my heart so I, I my desire is to empower this next generation to see the kingdom and that once you're born again as a child, that's why I love that concept. Because when you're born again, Nicodemus said, a man can go back up in his mother's womb and be born twice, can he? And Jesus answered the question just the way he asked it. He said, yep, you must be born of water. When your mama breaks your water and there you are, you know, when that happens, that's natural birth. And then you must be born from above. And what I love about that is that any human being walking on earth, even if it was artificial insemination, you came through your mother's womb. Yeah. It's equal, equal plane, but I love the concept because if you were born of a child in a kingdom, you are a citizen of that particular kingdom. Mm. And so I think if we come back to understanding, as Paul said, our citizenship isn't here. That's what makes you and me sisters, because we are born of the same daddy in the same kingdom, and our citizenship is in heaven, so we got to know the bylaws. Yep. I don't think people know the bylaws anymore. Nope. So I'm, 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 I'm trying to, to do this thing right in this season and to love God, love people well in this season, and I don't care what they look like, and I'm unapologetically black i know who i am i ain't shame of it but i know that that doesn't trump who i know pun intended but that doesn't you know what i'm saying <laughs> it doesn't trump right. <laughs> kingdom you know yep. what i mean I, yep. I it's the kingdom of god and he made me distinctly different he made you distinctly different so that we can show forth the beauty of his kingdom that we were all created with distinctiveness you know that's the incredible creativity of God 
Yeah. And I think we, we tuck it away and we want everybody to assimilate to one way. And I don't think that's God's heart. But nope. I could be wrong and have to apologize when I get to glory. But oh no, I don't think so, girl. This has been so good. So oh, no, sorry, good. I'm running, running, running. I'm so sorry. Oh no, so good. I just I didn't want it to end. But I have I have another person to interview in the next minute or two. So so uh, if people want to find you online, or I mean, if they just want to know more about you, where's the best place for them to find you? On best social place to go. You know, go to my Facebook, uh, Renee Rochester, simple, my name. I have a website, uh, Rochester.com. I have some classes I teach online. There's a whole spiritual disciplines class, totally free. Uh, you get the notes, you get the audio, but I'm online. And then another course uh, on First Peter. And it's interesting, I did it in January because God knew suffering was coming down the road, you know, in March. So uh, DrReneeRochester.com or Facebook, Renee Rochester. Much love. Thank you for the opportunity. I okay. hope I did what you wanted done. I don't oh, know. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a joy. Absolutely. Well, I mean, listen, I still remember the time we met at the restaurant and had a meal together. And I mean, that was a long time ago, but... That was about 20 years ago, but you know what? It was a blessing and thank you for the opportunity. I think there's one coming around the corner. It's been on me. I've been scribing like a, a fiend during this time. So something's coming. All right, girl. God bless you. Bless you. Thank you for the time. Bye-bye. Oh, you bet. So thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast, brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media, of course, only if you thought it was helpful, or if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would really appreciate it as you know, it'll help other people find the show and let them know it really is a good one to listen to. So thank you so much for listening today and I'll see you next week.